This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. On the 12th day, the to be. 12 podcast players. 11 horrible segues. 10 puns of punning. 9 coleslaws eating. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. Eight lifelines throwing. Seven interviews running. Six people whining about fees. Five amazing neighbors. Hey, wait a minute, Richie. Five should be just one amazing neighbor. Think you got another typo, man. Four trips to Bavaria. Did we tell you Joe went to Bavaria? Three trips to the Canadian Rockies. Joe told you he came to the Rockies, right? Two trips to Asia. I'm sure Joe told you all the Southeast Asia trips, right? Wow. He's got to stop that. And it's a joke. And Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today is the day we all line up to knock on doors and sing to strangers. That's right, it's caroling day. Today, our roundtable team will have to carol later because right now, they're hard at work looking back at the last decade, asking, what did I really do well these last 10 years? Today, we welcome to the basement for the Plutus Award-winning What's Up Next podcast, Doc G. Plus, from a Ford Anything, Paula Pant. And from LenPenzo.com, holy cow, it's Wayne Newton. Oh, oh really? Uh, sorry, I got the singing voices confused. Turns out it's just Len Penzo, but that dude's got a good voice. Who knew? Plus, in our Friday FinTech segment, what do you do when you want to put a rental house or maybe that farmland investment in your IRA? 
we'll learn about a fintech firm tackling that problem. And now, because none of us want him out singing, here he is, Joe Saul Seahawk. I sing great. I've got a fantastic singing voice. You should hear me in the shower. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. I am Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And man, do we have a fun last Friday show of the year. And here celebrating with us, we'll introduce our guest of honor last. We'll start with Paula Pant from Afford Anything, who I think might need a nap. I have had, and I, I know this because I track my sleep with Fitbit, I have had seven hours of sleep cumulatively over the last two nights. That much? Yeah. I, in the last, like, 48 hours of my life, I've slept for seven of them, and I've been up for the other 41, which is why I had to eat a block of raw cookie dough in order to get enough <laughs> energy through the sugar high to be able to make this recording. You're so, saying not just being with us give you enough of a high. Normally it is, Joe. Normally it is. But extreme times call for extreme measures. And that's why accompanying me on this recording today is raw cookie dough and a glass of red wine. And from his bunker, (laughs) cookie dough, wine, and the guy in the bunker deep below Los Angeles, Len Penzo. Yes, I'm back in the bunker after my trip to The Price is Right. Oh, and, and? (laughs) Well, did you win the new car? I didn't win the car. I didn't even get up on the stage. But I do believe I had my Stacking Benjamins shirt on. There was a woman two rows behind me that got on and a young woman two rows in front of me who got on. So I do believe, I do believe the Stacking Benjamins shirt will get on. So you will see yours truly. So then we're contractually obligated to give you 20 bucks. (laughs) Is that right? No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll give you 20 bucks anyway. And some of Paula's cookie dough. Because we already know what Paula's like without cookie dough. Now she's going to have the sugar. You know what that's going to be like, Len? I can't wait to find out. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Two words, as my Southern friends said, hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And the guy that's going to clean up this hot mess of a show. How about that one, Paula? Huh? Oh, that was good. From the What's Up Next podcast, we couldn't beat him with our Money with Friends show, so we had to join him. Mr. Doc G, how are you, dude? I'm good. First of all, I don't think anything can clean up this hot mess. Let's be real on that. And second, why does Paula sound like she has more energy than me when I got perfectly good sleep last night? Isn't that horrible? It's raw cookie dough. I'm telling you. It's just, yeah, you you need cookie dough, Doc G. Yeah, I, apparently I figured, Joe, this is your chance to really get me back because, you know, I usually get to ask the hard questions and make people stammer and sputter. And that's what I tried to do with you when I had you on my show. So now I'm kind of shaking back here thinking what kind of questions you're going to throw at me. But your show is way, way, way more serious. I'm, I'm sad we're going to let him down, Paula. Like we're going to complete. I feel like we're going to completely let him down. I remember. I we'll let him sideways. <laughs> I remember when our. When our mutual friend, uh, Philip Taylor, who created FinCon was on the second time, he's like, if I would have remembered how relaxed this was, I would have been on my second beer by now. So (laughs) doc, you're not on your second beer. You know, I did have my first, this is taco Thursday at the doc G household. So I was making up some guacamole and drinking a beer, but, uh, 
sadly, I left it downstairs. Which you have is Taco Thursday on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? We're we're a day behind in my house. I think you need a little more sleep, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> and we Just recorded. Like yeah. We recorded <laughs> six in the morning, and you're having a beer. <laughs> That, a beer at six in the morning would absolutely stink. And by the way, thanks to Native for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Native makes safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day, especially after Taco Thursday, just saying, Doc. Uh, with trusted ingredients and trusted performance, for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and a promo code SB during checkout. Native deodorant. Paula, no sleep two days. That might stink. It does stink, and that was a good segue. That was a segue that did not stink. What's up with that? We're starting right? to show off on a roll. We got Doc Two G here, two. got Paula here, we got Len here. Let's talk about the last decade. I thought it would be appropriate. The last, hold on, the last time we're together this decade. Got a little dusty, I'm sorry. Uh, that we talk about maybe some of the big lessons we learn. We've talked every year about lessons we learn or about lessons that damn Magic 8-Ball Len should have learned every year. But we we don't talk of decades. This is our one opportunity to look in the rearview mirror. So let's start with you, Mr. Penzo. What big lesson, money lesson, did you learn the last uh, 10 years? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with a hard one, Joe. I've learned that it's only money. Money is only money. You're going to make some investments in your life that aren't going to go so well. The important thing is not to get down. And if for certain investments you're making, your convictions, you've made them for the right reasons and you think your your convictions are good, you know, don't panic. But for the investments that went sour – don't lament over them and feel too bad for too long because it's only money. You're going to make more and you got to get out in the pool and you got to swim if you're going to make this over the long haul. So that's probably one of my big takeaways for the decade. You're saying that's a hard one for you. Why is it a hard one? Well, it's not easy losing money. You make an investment and, no, and it, what? it sits there and you lose and you know you don't want to do that. Right? What it, that's what, hard. What investment did you? <laughs> what investment are you talking about though? Can you tell us the story? What'd you lose money on? I've invested in, as you know, precious metals, which technically aren't investments, right? It's insurance. So over the years, I mean, it has it has gone sideways to dropped depending on when the investments were made. So uh, those didn't turn out. Uh, a couple miners that didn't do so well. And there's a couple others that went down when I, they should have, you know, I was hoping they'd go up. But over time, you know, things come back and, you know, I'm keeping my convictions and I'm turning around some of those bad investments. It's going to happen. There's going to be investments you're going to make that aren't going to go so well. So let's talk about with the rest of our panel about maybe investment decisions that you made the last 10 years that might not have done well. Paula, you're, you're smiling. Well, I, I, as soon as you asked Len that question, I was sure that he was going to say, I invested all this time in coming on the Stacking Benjamins <laughs> round table. I thought that we got done nothing. I'm trying to be polite, Paula. <laughs> I thought we made it past that point of the show already. <laughs> I'm sitting right here, Paula. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you can hear this? Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, um, Don't worry. No one listens to this. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Both listeners, they're used to that. Uh, what bad investment you made this last uh, 10 years that might not have been the best thing? You know, I would say, let's see. Okay. In terms of literal loss of actual money, I put $600 into Bitcoin and turned it into 400 Bam. So, <laughs> so I wasn't actually, I mean, I wasn't really expecting that to do anything, but, and I don't believe in Bitcoin or, or I mean, I don't believe in, in investing in it. That is just speculation. But yeah, I definitely got a little swept up in all of the hype and decided to make a, a $600 gamble that then turned into 400 You know, it went to 20000 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> word on the street. Yeah, Bitcoin is a little bit like a wine and cookie dough. It feels good going down, but maybe not so much later. <laughs> I also invested in Marathon Oil. In fact, long-term listeners of the Stacking Benjamins podcast, I'm sorry, excuse me, long-term listener, because good point. there are only two, Yes, might remember me talking about Marathon Oil several years ago. So I I got in at the right time. I wrote it up. So I made on paper a tremendous profit. And then I wrote it all the way back down. <laughs> I bet on the oil ETF, but not on the not at the right time and took that bet and realized that oil could go lower. But what I did do, which was cool, was that the banking industry in that area also got really soft and banking stocks went low as well. And there was a Houston-based bank, uh, Frost Bank, that I invested in that did really well. It was like, I felt like it was collateral damage. You know, it was getting beat up because supposedly a lot of their customers were getting beat up. The research I did then, I went in and looked at their customer base. And Mm -hmm. I thought that that they had fewer oil customers than their stock price indicated and made a little bit of money there. Doc, uh, bad one for you. Let's talk about what I didn't invest in. I didn't invest in my own financial knowledge. So come 2010, I was still hungover from 2008 and the economic downturn and everything that had happened in the stock market. And I realized that I had outsourced all financial knowledge at that time to an advisor. And I really wasn't interested in spending the time and energy learning about my own money and what it meant. So I was invested in a bunch of things that I didn't understand. Mm. I couldn't explain my investing strategy. I had this pile of money that I'd worked really hard to make, but I didn't understand it. Come 2010, it started to become clear that whether I had an advisor or not was not the issue. It was that I hadn't taken the time to really get what I was doing with my money. And that really bit me for for decades. And this was the decade that I actually turned it around and said, I will be responsible for my financial life. That doesn't mean I won't ask for help. It doesn't mean that I won't sometimes use an advisor. That's not the point. But the point was that I needed to be willing to learn and understand so that I could make good decisions. That was a big thing I learned this decade. I like that idea of using an advisor to get ahead faster, not to delegate it and take it away from you. Like I think if an advisor tells you, no, 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 I know this, you don't know it, it's time to time to book. Yeah, and all the good advisors I've ever known have actually tried to educate me. Yeah, that's annoying, so isn't it? Yeah, they, they haven't just kind of said, oh, here's your here's what we're going to do. They they throw books at me and, and I try to tell them that I don't read books. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be doing that for me? But, but that doesn't always work. Yeah. Uh, my worst investment that I made came true in uh, 2011. 
actually. I had invested in XM Radio when it was very small. I thought it was awesome. I bought it for about $3 a share. That baby went through the roof, made it up to uh, $35 a share. I was super happy and I sold it. Like it was, it was fantastic. And I sold it. I sold off a lot of it because I had made a bunch of money. And so knowing that satellite radio was the wave of the future, guess what I invested the part that I sold into? Cryptocurrency. I invested into Sirius satellite radio. So now I owned XM and I owned Sirius. And in uh, 2011, those two companies merged and I rode the whole thing way back down. And uh, yeah, diversification for the win, Len. That just goes, I was going to say, you got to have an exit strategy, right? Uh, that'll keep you from riding up to the top. But you, in a way, you did have an exit strategy, Joe. It's just that you didn't, like you said, you didn't diversify, right? So, but I thought so. I was diversifying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to buy them both because there's no way that they're going to merge. Like, why would the only two satellite radio companies merge? They fight against each other. That's not going to happen. But I mean, that is just, I mean, everybody out there, when you make your buy at whatever price for whatever you're buying on that day, say, I'm going to, if it gets to this much above what I've bought for, I'm going to sell X amount of shares. And likewise, in the other direction, if it drops so much, here's where I'm going to either totally liquidate my position or, you know, maybe ease out of it. But you've got to do that on the day you buy the stock. Or you'll end up riding it to the top. I mean, it does you no good to make ten, a ten bagger on a on an investment and then watch it ride all the way down to the bottom again. I mean, that's just terrible. Len had Unless to write long term investing in index funds. Then that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, big yeah, don't difference. get me start on the index funds. Oh, oh boy! Index funds are great going up. But they, it's the same thing when they're going down. It, it's you know what people haven't seen index funds in a bear market yet. You watch what happens. I was going to, I'm not going to get you and Paula mud wrestling on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not going to happen today, Len. But I was going to tell Paula that I, Len had to write carefully which exit strategy he talked about on our podcast or on the other podcast he's on. Because when he's on this podcast, Paula, he talks about buying a stock and then having a way out. On the other podcast, and he talks about exit strategy. He talks about, so when the zombies come, Here's, here's your exit strategy. Well, there is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Doc G kind of had it there on the long term. <laughs> Some things you don't exit. <laughs> yeah. And, and you always put your gold in the bunker. As long as it's in the bunker, you're fine. Have it there. And keep the combination to the safe to yourself. Paula, what was a big lesson you learned in uh, the last decade? I'd say one of the biggest lessons is that entrepreneurship is a great way to make money. Like it's a great, 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 great option. For me, at, at the beginning of the decade, you know, I was, I, let's face it, I have a liberal arts bachelor's degree from a state school. I didn't assume that I would be able to get a high paying job. And if I had continued a path of W-2 employment only, I don't, I, I absolutely would not be where I am today. But by starting my own company and running my own business, I was able over the last decade to make substantially more money than I ever could have if I'd spent this past decade working for somebody else. Do you get more excited about the money or do you get more excited about the living your own life? All of the above. Um, there's research that shows that 
the biggest predictors of job satisfaction are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And by having autonomy, you can then choose the type of work that you do that is work that can also bring forth mastery and purpose. So autonomy enables mastery and purpose, and all of those together create job satisfaction. When you're more satisfied in your work, you are willing to work more. You know, you're willing to work 80 hours for the sake of not working 40 because you enjoy it so much more. And and when you do that consistently over time, then maybe not in year one, maybe not in year two, but by year five or six, you're making much better money than you could have at a job, particularly if, like me, you are a, a liberal arts undergrad. Doc, you guys have talked about this on the What's Up Next podcast, about the importance of side hustles and making your own money. Yeah, what I think I learned, and this was also a big part of what I learned over the last decade, is that when your job doesn't satisfy you, the power of economic returns, the power of investments and the power of side hustles is you can leave that job and go do something you enjoy more. So I found out, you know, sometime in the 2014-2015 time period, being a doctor was no longer fulfilling me the way it had in the past. And if I hadn't built up both entrepreneurship being my own practice, but also side hustles and other things just to keep me busy and interested, I don't think I would have ever had the courage to practice medicine less and start pursuing other things I enjoyed. And I think if you can build up a side hustle or entrepreneurship to the point where it can support you, it can really pull you out of that job that's no longer giving you satisfaction. And to me, that's just as important as saving and investing. If you're spending your life saving all sorts of money, investing wisely, but you're stuck in a job that really makes you upset and unhappy, then I'm not sure you're doing the right thing with your money. Did you ever think about a halfway though, where because of your medical background and expertise, where maybe you own medical clinics or urgent care clinic or something like that? So what I did is I actually used subtraction. I started subtracting the things I didn't like out of my job one by one until I got to what I did like. I owned my own practice. I was seeing patients in the office and in the nursing home. And then a small part of my practice was I was a, a medical director for a hospice. Over time, I realized that the work in the hospice brought me a lot of joy and the other things didn't. And so I started just subtracting things. So one year I got rid of my outpatient practice. The next year I got rid of my nursing homework. And eventually what I was left with was the kind of work that I'd probably do if I wasn't getting paid. Now, luckily enough, having four years of medical school and three years of residency, they pay me to do such work. But I really tried to get rid of all those things I didn't like. And that was the power of being smart enough with my investments and my money that I could do that. That's funny. There's a coaching uh, group that I hire and they talk about focusing on your unique talent. The thing that not only are you good at that most other people aren't good at, but something that brings you a lot of joy and then delegating away everything else. And the hardest thing, by the way, the hardest split are those things that you're excellent at, but it's not your unique thing. Excellence is something that you're really good at, but it brings you zero joy versus the thing you're excellent at that's not. You know, when people say, oh, you should be a blank. You're like, yeah, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And that was actually my hardest realization was realizing that the thing I was best in life at, which was being a doctor, wasn't the thing that I was probably either meant to do or bringing me maximal joy. And that was a really hard, hard decision and conclusion to come to. Len, when you talk about having more time, seriously, every single time we talk about that in 2020, when you start talking about that, your face lights up. 
Like you get really excited. I don't think you're excited about quote retirement. I think it's about doing your own thing. Is that true? That's totally it. I mean, it comes down to, I mean, when you are employed for a big corporation or even if you're self-employed, but you've got lots of responsibilities and, and things like that, you really are, it's a loss of freedom. I mean, it really is. I mean, and the pay is good, but depending on what you're doing, but the pay doesn't make up for freedom of time and, and your ability to set your own hours and not have to do certain things or, or fly across country to go meet with somebody else because that's your responsibility for the company you're working for. You know, it's like, there's lots of things that, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to you know what? I'm going to sleep in till nine o'clock this morning, you know, and then, uh, you know what? I'm going to take Wednesday and Thursday off and, you know, just and go play golf just because I can, you know, I, that's, that's a freedom that is boy. Oh boy. I, I can't wait. <laughs> Do you hear him lighten up? Did you guys hear him? I mean, immediately. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting to see. Uh, Doc, what's your big one this last decade? Big lesson. <laughs> or was that your big lesson? I think I have a few. One of my other big lessons was that uh, perfect is the enemy of good. I used to think that I had to know everything about my finances. I had to know everything about investing. And I realized that if you get the basics right, that extra little 2% at the top probably doesn't do a huge amount for you, but it does cause you a lot of stress learning about it. So I've actually gotten a lot more comfortable with good, uh, especially when it comes to my finances and, and other parts of my life. I think more people need to hear that, don't you, Paula? You were nodding your head. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. People oftentimes can get so in the weeds that they miss the big picture. So if you find yourself too deep in the weeds, zoom out. What are you trying to do? And how much how much stress are you creating in your life by virtue of trying to over-optimize X or Y or Z? And could that mental energy be better spent elsewhere on bigger picture things. I've heard the discussion about optimizing your life so much lately. And I think there comes a time, doesn't there, where you got to do a cost benefit analysis, Len, is the optimization actually worth it? Like, am I optimizing something that actually, actually matters? Yeah. So, you know, the law of marginal utility, right? So, I mean, there comes a point where it's like a, some sort of decaying curve where at first you're putting effort into things and you're making huge strides in whatever, making improvements. But eventually, the longer you stay on something, that curve starts flattening out. And the amount of effort you're putting in to improve something, it's not you're not getting the value back. So you got to figure out where that we call the knee in the curve is. And that's where you got to stop trying to be, as Doc G says, perfect, you know, and know where good is good. Good enough is three of them. Three of them I can think of from the last year that I've heard. Well, number one, Paula, you and I have talked about this. The people that are talking about how do I get from 0.03% to 0.01% on my expense ratios? Mm-hmm. Come on. Right. Number two was a person that said that their kids play sports and Gatorade's expensive. I want to know how to make my own Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or make your own soap or bisect yeah. your dryer sheets. Yeah. So it's called last it's, twice as long. Joe, it's called tap water. (laughs) You you can put a little salt in it if you're worried about it. (laughs) It's it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Buy generic Gatorade. Don't don't make your own Gatorade. And then the third was the dude who said that he uh, 
goes to car dealerships just to get free coffee. Like in the morning on his way to work, he stops <laughs> in at the car dealership to get free coffee. No. No, actually my stepdad. And then he finds that he gets sold a new car, right? So <laughs> there, right. Go, there went all the coffee That's savings. Right. <laughs> my stepdad goes like every week. He gets a car wash. They have sandwiches there. They have coffee. I mean, actually, it's pretty lush. You have no idea. There is a whole group of senior citizens where that is their like social life. There's some uh, car dealership where you're, you're uh, what, who'd you say it was? My stepdad. You say your stepdad? Yeah, there's a car dealer where your stepdad lives who's taking it, take, just getting screwed by all these seniors that are onto them. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, no. Joe, what strikes me is that two of your three examples that you just mentioned are examples of over frugality. Well, that's what right? I mean. It's over over optimizing, I think. But actually, you know, when you talk about that, is it really optimizing? Like, yeah. if, like if my time is money, right? And I can mm -hmm. earn more in the time that it takes to make some fucking Gatorade. Right, <laughs> like <laughs> right. And you know, the thing is, it's not just if you can earn more, because I used to get really caught up when I thought that it was simply I can earn more, then I would get caught up in this idea, like the natural logical consequence of, of that type of thinking is it then becomes inefficient to do anything other than work. So oh, yeah. why would I call my mom if I could earn more money in the half an hour that I'm spending talking to my mom? Like that's the, the logical conclusion if you were to act you know, if you were to extend that out. Good point. And you can so, invest in you can invest in diapers. That way you wouldn't have to go to the bathroom all the time. Then you can see <laughs> I've peed twice since we started. <laughs> <laughs> and so the way that I came around on that one, because I didn't want to take the I can earn more approach, the way that I came around on it was through some advice that I heard from Laura Vanderkam, where she said First, fill your schedule with all the things that you cannot outsource, which include exercising, sleeping, calling your mom. Fill your schedule with that. And then if you have any remaining time, then sure, you can make your own Gatorade. But my guess is if you're doing your normal, you know, 40 hour a week, full time job, plus exercising and sleeping and maintaining relationships with friends and family, there's probably not going to be a whole lot left over. Yeah, and leave some time for daydreaming and spacing out. I can't tell you how many great ideas that have eventually turned into either life events or financial gains that came when I was spacing out and daydreaming and thought of something that my mind otherwise was too busy to contemplate. We talked about that, Doc, on Wednesday's show where we went over some of our favorite guests the last year. And Austin Kleon, Mr. Steel Like an Artist, talks about that, about how people, you know, they try to focus on one thing all the time. But these other activities inform in ways that you can't comprehend. Like he talked about how he'll be playing the guitar and he's, he's in a chord progression and all of a sudden his brain goes, this chord progression reminds me of this thing that I want to talk about. And it's completely lightning between these two, you know, uh, desperate objects that you'd never put together. Pretty exciting. I think, you know, that's why most people say they have their best, they have their best ideas when they're either like working out or they're, you know, and I think it's because we're finally taking that time to ourselves to not be productive. Mm-hmm. Which I just had a great idea. Paula, Paula, can you call my mom for me? I think I'm going to outsource calls to my mom. <laughs> there is actually a company I, that does can that. Can I hire Is there really? 
There's a company that does that. They they asked if they could sponsor my podcast, if they could sponsor the Afford Anything podcast. And I, I wrote back and I was like, what's funny about that is that on the podcast, I frequently talk about how you can't outsource calling your mom. And that's actually what you guys do. See, I think that that would be a fit. <laughs> yeah. Well, they proved me wrong. <laughs> Remember how I said you can't outsource it? This show is brought to you by <laughs> Calls to Mom. Callyourmom.com. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Paula, back to your point about, you know, when you said making soap, and I realize maybe you like to stop at the car dealer and hang out with the other senior citizens. I mean, maybe that's the real thing. Maybe making Gatorade or is something that you like. You know, the first Gatorade, they were trying to come up with some stuff. Maybe coming up with, maybe that's, maybe making your own soap you love. Nothing wrong with that. I just think if you're doing it as a time saver, you might, you might be, I don't know. I don't want to say you're doing it wrong because that sounds really judgy. I just, it's that kind of stuff I kind of roll my eyes and go, maybe you're over-optimizing. Yeah, well, yeah, it's what's the motivation? If the motivation for doing something is recreational, then it's recreational. But if the motivation is that you want to improve your net worth, is that the best way to improve your net worth? Thing you're most excited about, about the turn of the decade. Uh, we'll start with you, Len. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess when you get old, it doesn't really matter anymore, Joe. I've got, uh, I've only got a couple decades left. Of- <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm excited for. I'm excited. I'm excited for my future and, and uh, retiring and starting my new adventures. How's that? Yeah. Doc, how about you? I'm most excited about hearing my voice on the Stacking Benjamins podcast. That's, that's really, really, really got me excited. So I don't know if I can even think past that one. You got that one in 2019, brother. Yeah, yeah. How about that? The bar's high now. I was about to say that there goes the decade. The bar's super high. Okay. <laughs> two, two smart asses in a row, Paula. Somebody take me seriously. <laughs> what are you excited about? I'm most excited about being able to aggravate uh, Joe Saucy High. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm excited about uh, two weeks from now uh, finding out if the Magic 8-Ball gets its shit together. That's, that's what I'm, what I'm <laughs> Me excited about. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, from time to time, we get letters from people who want to do strange things inside of their IRA. They want to put an actual house inside of their IRA, or they have a fintech company that they want to invest in, but all they have is IRA money, or maybe it's peer-to-peer lending. Heck, even you know people that know me for a long time know how much I like Acre Trader. Even even putting farmland inside of your IRA is difficult. You can't do that with a T. Rowe Price, Fidelity, Vanguard, whatever IRA, Charles Schwab IRA, you can't can't do that easily. That's where Rocket Dollar comes in and companies like that. And this has always been a pain for me because part of the reason why I never recommended this type of investment is because the companies that do this sort of thing have been so archaic. And certainly Rocket Dollar, not the only company that's working in this space, but man, there are a few companies disrupting it. And so on today's Friday FinTech segment, I asked Dan Krizanowski to show us 
what Rocket Dollar is all about. So here he is coming down the stairs to the basement, Dan Krasnowski from Rocket Dollar to talk about how to put the good stuff. Well, I don't know if it's a good stuff, how to put the weird stuff in your IRA. And coming down the stairs to the basement is our good friend, Dan Krasnowski. How are you, man? Brother, it's always great to be down here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's lively. I <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, when mom puts the holiday lights up and everything, we get the basement rolling, even though the floor is cold. Just if we keep talking, you won't, mm-hmm. you won't think about how cold your feet are. You know, I wish that uh, we can show everybody in the audience my Papa Bear sandals. And um, these are these are size 12. So if you're taking a, a screenshot. Holy well, cow. These are big boy Papa Bears. So, oh, my yeah. God. Is that funny? Those are <laughs> those are great. Better than mine. Just these brown ones. Um, uh, so I'm so happy you could take a little time out. It's busy this time of year and be part of our year end extravaganza. Tell me when the team was creating Rocket Dollar. How was Rocket Dollar founded? Tell me the genesis of of uh, Rocket Dollar. Yeah, so I mean, Henry Oshida, founder and CEO, I will definitely give him all credit. But you're really looking at a, a team of a starting five. I know we're in basketball season here. So, uh, you know, my connection is two years ago, myself and Henry were on a flight to Money 2020, which if you're in the fintech space, it's it's kind of the mecca of events Huge. in Vegas. yeah. And, you know, as we talked, I moonlight and raise money and invest in things like self-storage. So Henry and I knowing each other from Merrill Lynch and past life. So I'm like, hey, Henry, you might want to check out this deal. And I said, you know, by the way, you can use your retirement if you fill out this form and find a fax machine and find a scanner. And, you know, around the same time, you know, Henry must have been thinking, imagine if I can just click one button. And, you know, the other guys on the team, one had a robo-advisor, the other one sold the solo 401k, which is the better known and lesser known of the two, I'd say, primary products. And then uh, Chris Palmasano has been a, an amazing angel investor over time. So, you know, this is kind of the culmination, I think, of all the stars aligning at once and then just saying, hey, we have an opportunity. We're here in Austin. Uh, you know, we might have rushed out of the womb a little bit, but, you know, had a really great showing at South by Southwest in 2018. Fast forward six months later, voted one of the top two fintech companies in the world till Shaquille O'Neal swatted us to a second. You know? <laughs> uh, literally, we were in first place from the VCs, which is probably a good thing. And then Shaq was, uh, he's probably like, no, nah, I own 100 burger joints. I don't need an IRA. So uh, anyways, that was that. Uh, <laughs> well, and let's back up just a second, even before Rocket Dollar, because you mm-hmm. and I both know, before the days of Rocket Dollar, if you wanted to take a piece of rental property is an example, or Mm -hmm. you had a friend or someone that you knew that was a venture capitalist and you wanted to use some of your money to invest in their startup or whatever it might be. Any of these non-traditional things that you won't find at Vanguard or T. Rowe Price, Mm -hmm. that world is littered with people with A, high fees and B, Mm -hmm. uh, people really messing it up and, and ruining their IRA. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there's two ways. I mean, one is just the limitation. All the name brands you mentioned just cannot do something as simple as, you're right, invest in a rental property, invest in a buddy startup, give a small business owner a loan. None of that can be done. And then, you know, folks, and I won't name names, but some of the legacy players in the self-directed space, uh, you know, I half joke when say you probably still need a scanner and fax machine to do a deal today. The biggest rub being, uh, 
you know, even if you're doing consistently, I know a lot of real estate folks out there, hey, I do hard money loans. Well, guess what? You and then probably your best friend who flips houses are going to be stuck on the phone for an hour with this legacy provider in the space just to move money from A to B. Yeah, it's amazing. It was ripe for disruption. Like, like I yeah. know back when I was a financial planner, whenever a client would want to use IRA money to buy a rental property, let's say two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, they didn't realize all the rules around that. We'll get to how you guys educate mm-hmm. people. But then number two, they also just the nightmare and the hoops they're going to have to jump through with some of these legacy providers was just it, it was horrible. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So you guys then 2018 super hot startup. Part of it is education. You educate people on how these non-traditional self-directed IRAs work. Tell me about the education piece of Rocket Dollar. Yeah. I mean, you know, first and foremost, the benefit of our team is, as I said, you know, we're all nerds, uh, but we also specialize in the space. Uh, we've had all these types of accounts and not just, you know, our founders, but a lot of folks on the team. I mean, our support, uh, we have an ex- Merrill Lynch, Wells, Brooklyn Law School, JD MBA, and tax. So we've taken it very seriously. Our knowledge base, uh, we've gone to the legal beagles in the space, has been voted one of the top in the world by HubSpot and also the industry. And then finally, we produce one piece of content today from a quick one-minute video now rolling into our podcast, Rocket Your Dollar, that really talks about tangible of what you can and can't do. But the big premise here is that one of my biggest moments of pride is that nobody's even hopped into the gray area. Uh, so for example, you know, at a very high level with these accounts, there's just three things you cannot do. No life insurance, no collectibles. And the most common one is not yourself or your linear family, meaning you cannot invest in your own startup or buy a flat that your parents or kids stay in on the weekends. Everything else is in play. You know, that said, when we had a feeling that folks were trying to get a, a little cheeky, Or, you know, say, hey, can I do cannabis? Well, you know, the answer is no, there hasn't been a federal mandate down. So we've always, both on the sales and support side, uh, have given more of a conservative sort of opinion of what can and can't done. And as I said, um, you know, almost two years in, everything uh, has flowed. Let's talk about this then. You talked about Mm -hmm. some of the weird stuff, right? Can't do do cannabis yet. (laughs) I almost yelled, dude, when you said that, but I held back. I passed uh, on grass. (laughs) That's right. But what are some of the most common things you see people do? I'm sure rental real estate or, or some type of real estate investments, number one. But what are the big things that people can't get at a, at a uh, Fidelity, as an example, that they would get in a Rocket Dollar account? You know, let's talk about some of the fun trends. I mean, quarter over quarter, we're seeing more of initial investments go into crypto. We're seeing more go into crowdfunding, say something like an acre trader, which I love because you buy a piece of a parcel of land. You know, so we're seeing more of that call split ownership of things that only the 1% had before. We have a fair number of our account holders or clients that have two accounts. Why is that? Because they have an old Roth account that can only go into a Roth SDIRA, and that's where they put their 25K chip into the startup that they think is going to hit it big. So we do see a few of those, I think, dreams or folks that you support. And then finally, uh, you know, I have a good buddy I went to Wharton with, and he made 19 investments last year. And just like you would with your piggy bank checking account, particularly if you support a particular group or the quote unquote other side of the tracks where there's probably a lot of opportunity, you know, you can do something as small as a personal loan of, you know, to a small business of $500,000. And uh, we see a fair number of those. 
So Dan, that's powerful because that can help you help your community. I mean, you can really get involved in ways that you thought maybe you couldn't afford because all your money's locked up in an IRA. You're saying you can do some of these things. Yeah. And, and you know, the real tangible. So, you know, I joke left brain, right brain, but you know, my, my cushy right brain friends out there. I, what's amazing here is that let's just say you had a hundred K in some, you know, target date fund. That's not impacting your local community. Even if you move 10% of that $10,000 to a small business owner to help with their business, you're probably going to see that money recycle five times over in the local community. Then buying other local businesses and tax and more interest in their business, people driving there. So there's a whole lot of good things that can come out of this. And, you know, my hypothesis, because the number is comically huge. I mean, in old IRA money, meaning like your quote unquote old 401k, that number is 10 trillion with a T. And when you look at current IRAs or 401ks, it gets you to 30 trillion, then add on some military TSP and then the X million of self-employed folks, you know, the estimates are from 30 to 50 trillion. So we actually have a, you know, I'm from Philly originally, actually Scranton, but talk about Rocky Balboa. We're stepping in the ring with this IRA money versus our national deficit and coming out on top. So just imagine if a smidgen of that goes, you know, to a female entrepreneur, which has been fantastic returns for me. Uh, you know, or even something as I call it, sexy self storage, uh, which pays fantastic returns. Which, you know, trust me, I'd rather have a hundred k in a storage facility paying an eight percent dividend and doubling every five years than you know some bond fund at two percent. That's that is so interesting. It's a whole different world. But once again, that knowledge base comes in really helpful mm-hmm. because you you got to do it right. The IRS, you don't yes, want to just dis- don't want to disqualify your entire IRA. No, you know, one thing we've heard great. I think we took our first thirty thousand or so calls and. Uh, decided to say what's you know what's most important what do we hear the most and we morph this into our gold product offering so what this is is some folks you know they want to put Roth money in a startup so we do the 1099R a Roth conversion other folks want a fancy LLC name in IRA world we will do that uh, you know some folks know they're going to try to call support 100 times a week well you know, for our team sanity, we'll, uh, we'll throw a little upcharge there. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of things. And you go back to, you know, kind of the core, people buy this for rental real estate, um, you know, customized checkbooks, four free wires a year, all of this is, is baked into our gold product. Uh, and still, you know, once again, as you referenced our kind of core pricing, the gold is still demonstrably uh, favorable to the market. So, you know, our, our stick is that we don't want anybody, Joe Jane America, to not open an account due to pricing. And frankly, that really hasn't been an issue. So we're real proud of that. Well, let's talk about that. Two quick things. Yeah. Number one, sure. people people interface with you. They go to rocketdollar.com. Mm. And then my understanding is it's super easy to get the account open. Yeah. You know, in five minutes, the first step, it's just personal information, credit card, driver's license, and then you're up and going. You'll e-sign a few things over the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, your money can move from A to Z in as quick as two weeks. And then second, we talked a little bit about the fees Back when I was a financial planner, most of the fees for your uh, legacy competitors had a comma in them. Um, (laughs) Yours is fairly far from having a comma in it. We keep it simple, too. You know, I give the analogy of Netflix. If you want to watch one episode or binge on the Queen or, you know, go through 100 different titles, uh, you know, probably during holiday time from kids movies to everything else. And I share that kind of what you want to do with your portfolio. So somebody's going to come to us for their one buddy startup and that's it. Some we've seen a lot of seven figure transfers come over or just, you know, I'm going to do, you know, maybe 10 small uh, hard money loans in real estate, a 10 K a pop, all of that, take our core product. That's at a flat $15 a month, regardless of asset size or number of transactions, or God forbid you make a good transaction and the value doubles. We're not going to charge you anymore. 
There's a one time upfront, and then it's just a flat pricing model. And this syncs, I think, with the mentality of financial products going forward is kind of the ongoing, the monthly fee. I think folks are comfortable with it. You know, there's no termination fee on the back end. So there's really, frankly, no small print when it comes to our account. And that's where I think, especially, you know, as real estate syndicators and deal sponsors learn of us and effectively introduce Rocket Dollar to their community, that's just such an ease for them because they're not trying to explain a million questions because it's in our knowledge base and they're not having a, you know, a cranky customer down the road because, you know, I said the pricing, you can uh, put it on a three by five card and it's, it's all going to fit. You know, it is the holiday season and uh, I normally don't spell my name because you usually have to, you know, pay for an extra five minutes at the parking <laughs> meter. But, uh, you know, I want to say a big thank you to you and to your aggregate communities and everybody met during the year. So here we go. Uh, I'm from Philly. I said, so here's a Ben Franklin, $100 off your Rocket Dollar account. Uh, and I'll even give out my personal code. So it's D as the first letter of my last name, Krizanowski. So here we go. Oh, boy. D. D's the easy part. Come on, Vanna. And then uh, we got K-R-Y-Z, a zebra, A-N-O-W-S-K-I. So D. Krizanowski, 12 letters in total, and that'll get you 100 bucks. So um and I'll even give you a f- you know a few for trying. So, but yeah, all good. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thanks. And we'll also we'll spell Dan's name on the show notes page, so Please you do. even got it there. So if you're walking your dog or on your commute, we got you covered. Dan, man, happy holiday season! Thanks for hanging out with us, talking Rocket Dollar. Awesome. Thanks, brother. trivia fans i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and here it is moment we've all been waiting for the big finale to this year's trivia competition as the host of this particular act i gotta say it's been a fantastic year of course uh, most of that's because of the delightful trivia that i have come up with i did it made it up all myself but we won't focus on that because we're about to announce what the big winner gets for this year-long trivia marathon challenge. We'll have that just after we find a winner. But we can't have a winner without a question. See, that's that's how it works. you got to have a question first, and the person answers it right. They get declared the winner. They get the crown and all of the glorious accoutrement. Anyway, you get the point. So we got to do that. Here we go. According to Pew Research, what percentage of people in America plan on caroling i'll be back with the answer which og was supposed to sing by the way probably a good reason why he's not here today i'll be back in just a moment it's funny how everybody begs off singing so og here's caroling not gonna do it no thank you on monday i think everybody's gonna hear paula len and doc singing it went great I'm just going to say it was singing is a generous term. Keep telling yourself that. Keep telling yourself that. It is fantastic. I hope when I edit that thing, it's going to be wonderful. (laughs) Good luck. I think it's going to be fantastic. All right. uh, So here's the deal. We have had this year long, for those of you just tuning in, we've had a year long competition and this thing has been back and forth down to the wire and it actually is down to the wire. The score is this. Paula's in the lead with 12. Paula cannot lose. However, there can be a tie. And if there's a tie, well, then we have a problem. But Len has 11, and OG has won the last two weeks in a row. 
No pressure, Doc, because you're playing for OG. He's won two weeks in a row, and he's at 11. You got a Doc G instead of an OG. <laughs> That's right. We just we upgraded our Gs. So that is the score, 12-11-11. We could have a tie. I don't know how we're going to do a tiebreaker, but, but let's see what we got. So here's the deal, Doc G. Do you know the convoluted rules to this game? Yes, I do. It is Price is Right style for people that don't know. Price is Right style, closest without going over. And because OG just got to the tie, means he was the last one there, he gets to decide first if he goes in the first, in the middle, or last. So, Doc, you're playing for OG. Would you like to guess first, in the middle, or last? Oh, you know it last. How about that? Not his first rodeo, even though it's his first time on the show. Len, you want to go first or in the middle? Uh, in the middle. Len's going in the middle, which means Paula Mm-hmm. What percentage of people say they're going to go caroling? I'm planting my flag at 1%. <laughs> Bring it. Oh, that's great. 1% of people going caroling. That's because you think nobody wants to sing? Yeah, you know, honestly, even if this wasn't Price is Right style, I would probably still say that because there are, what, 300 million people in America. 1% of 300 million is a lot. I, there can't be more than that. Look, I mean, if anything, it might be less than 1%. Oh, wouldn't that be funny if it was half a percent? Mm. Look at her playing the ninja game, Len. She's playing the ninja game with you, bud. <laughs> what if it's less than you one? Know, you know, as part of my studying for when I went on The Price is Right, I was looking at game theory for The Price is Right. And actually, they've done the studies on this. The person who goes last... If you go $1 over what that person bid, you have a 54% chance of winning. Just remember that, Doc. Yeah, I'm, I, that's a, what I was planning to do. So, <laughs> so, if, so this really wait puts a minute. me in a bad position because that means I have to hit this a number on the nose. I was going to say, because if you say two and Doc says three, I'm coming after all of you. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I'm going to try. I have to obviously hit this number on the nose. So I'm going to say 11%. 11%. Well, there's a conundrum, Doc. Yeah, that really is. Because I certainly think more people probably say they carol than really do. So I bet the number is artificially high. But I don't know if it's as high as 11%. I definitely think it's higher than 1%. I think I'm going to go with 2% because I think it's between 2 and 11. I'm going to take a risk here. Going 2%, which means... Unless, unless the numbers 1.25, 1.5, we may have a tie. Uh, hey, the number might be 1.999%. And you still won. Exactly. She's See, got I the think, doc. I think you're right on, Doc. I think people lie and say they carol, but they don't carol. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to let people sweat, which is why I'm going to tell you right now a little bit about native deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that segue. You know what? I got to amend my answer. The thing I'm most excited about for this new decade are hearing Joe's improved segues. Your boy's growing up, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy's becoming a man. Well, you know, guys, if you've ever been around a great smelling Christmas tree, you know how fantastic that makes everybody feel. Imagine if people feel the same way when they're standing next to you. Native makes safe, simple, effective products people use in the bathroom 
every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. Native can hang with you like ornaments on the tree. Your workout, busy mom life, podcasting, 16-hour days, whatever. It is fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything's in the deodorant. It also is safe, and it's effective. It comes in a wide variety of enticing scents, not including, surprisingly, Christmas cheer next to the tree. Instead, they have classic scents like coconut and vanilla. That's our most popular one. Lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. Native offers free returns and exchanges in the USA. Subscribe and save. How about this? 17% off when you do that. You'll save $2 a stick and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months. I'm a big fan of the eucalyptus and mint. That is what I'm wearing right now. Not only is it effective, but I know what's going on in my body, which I think is an important thing whenever you put anything on your body. Oh, this isn't bad for me? Fantastic. Get 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and enter promo code SB during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase by going to nativedeodorant.com, enter promo code SB at checkout. Paula, you've got that whole number between one and two. How are you feeling right now? You know what? I cannot lose. I am going to, I mean, most likely I'm going to tie. But uh, but that means that I qualify for the gift that's given to the winner or co-winner, which is, I have to assume, a tie. It's it's the gift. I, I just told Doug what it is. And uh, it is fantastic. Yes. You've, you're, you're, you've actually come up with a gift? Because I, I, I was going to suggest that you just send me a bow tie <laughs> to represent the tie. I thought you were going to say a pillow so you could just sleep or more cookie dough so you could continue to continue to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take a bow tie, preferably polka dots or maybe stripes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Len Penzo, you've got 11% over. That's a lot of room. Yeah, I'm a, you know, hey, how can I complain about that? Doc uh, was very, you know, Doc could have went with the 12. He went with the two. I'm feeling good. I've got uh, from 11 to 100, right? So I can't feel too bad. So, Doc, how much of this was thinking it was the right number and thinking it just was about not making Paula win? That did cross my mind, but I actually, I, I wouldn't do that to Paula. So I actually do think it's less than 10%. That is, that is nice. I would have well, said. Paula, Paula would do that to you. <laughs> yeah, I totally would. <laughs> Are you kidding? She's certainly done it to me several to times this year. <laughs> Man, this is a tough neighborhood. I don't think it, I don't think you know what you're dealing with. This is trivia, doc. <laughs> it isn't trivial. It's trivia. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Doug. Last answer of the year. What's it going to be? Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back with your incredible trivia answer. Here was today's big time season ending trivia question. According to Pew Research, what percentage of people in America plan on caroling? Caroling? The act of going around to random strangers' houses, forcing them to listen to you croon is a pastime enjoyed by... Wait, before I tell you the answer, I, I first have to say, what a pleasure this has been. I'd like to thank Gertrude and uh, uh, Joe's mom and, and all the, the little people who support me 
like Joe and OG. I'd also like to share our big prize for next year. The huge, huge prize. Let's see what we've got. Uh, well, let me just, it's, oh, check this out. The winner of this year's competition gets to guess last at the kickoff for next year's trivia. Isn't that, it's amazing, right? I mean, that, like, you wouldn't even dream of something that lavish. But uh, but you just think about that for a minute, and I'll get us back to the question. So, back to caroling. If you said the correct percentage of people who want to go caroling is 16%, you'd be right on the money, and you're guessing last for next year's kickoff. Congrats, everybody. All right, cue the big band there, Joe. No. What? No. That's a Comes lie. The it's eight. Okay, hold on. Thanks, Doc. Hold the. I should have gone with game theory. I should have gone with game theory. When I say hold the phone, I'm literally holding the phone because I'm taking out the calculator app and I'm trying to calculate 16% of 300 million. And the answer is. A lot of millions uh, of people. The answer is America is a bunch of liars. 48 million? (laughs) That would be 48 million people? Is that right? A lot of people. A lot of people say, and they're going door to door who never go. But you know what? If you ask, have, have you guys ever been caroling and done that before? Yes. It is. Yes. It is fun. I did it once, but Len, getting your butt out there is the whole problem. Like I'd say every year, yeah, I'd go. But I, it's fun. No, that's a. It, it's a social thing. It's actually fun. So, and you have a beer in your hand and you're caroling, and 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 what's fun is you watch the people and they open the door and they're you know. They don't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone ever slam the door like shut in your face? Uh, no, I don't. Th- no, <laughs> no. They haven't heard Len uh, in what we're doing on uh, yeah on next Monday. Then they'd slam the door. But luckily, it's a podcast, so maybe they'll do- hit the fast forward button instead. So uh, now we just got to figure out between Paula and Len who uh, actually gets to guess last. Uh, next year's trivia. You guys are sharing that honor. You can say your guess at the same time. We, I don't know. We can just rotate, or we can rotate. Ro- that's that's right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's it. All year long. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do like month by month or something. <laughs> I think that, that way it's easier to track. Otherwise, it's like who guessed last last time. I don't know. I think what he what he meant was just for the first one. Oh, I don't think he meant all the time. <laughs> No, no, no. You got to win a lot of trivia. Do that every time. You kidding me? You think we give that away? Yeah. (laughs) Holy cow. Hey, let's uh, take out the magnifying glass. I got to change the topic and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. When you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney.com, you know what you find? What? You find you find that those financial products you use every day are nowhere near the best in class. That they're from your brick and mortar bank. Over ninety two percent of the products available online all ranked at Magnify Money. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money for more. And today we're throwing out the lifeline. Let's see to our new friend Tyler. Say hi, Tyler. Hi, Tyler. I mean, hey, G and old Joe. Or old G, other Joe. I don't know. It's hard to hear your names listening to the podcast over the sweet, sweet sounds of karaoke night at the Sizzler. I submitted this question to the Ask a Planner podcast, but who knows if the Yahoo's over there are ever going to land that plane and actually get that podcast off the ground, if you know what I'm saying. Well, who am I kidding? You guys don't know your azimuth from your elbow. Here's my question. 
my wife, who's 30, and, and me, who's 35, are finally out of debt other than our mortgage. Uh, we have about $400 worth of extra money at the end of the month right now um, after maxing out both our IRAs. Uh, we have Vanguard total market index funds that have about $10,000 each in them total. So we're just getting started there, but we hope to contribute that for the rest of our working lives. We make about 120000 a year combined, and we both are teachers in Texas, so we don't qualify for Social Security. But our TRS, which is our retirement plan for teachers, projects that we'll have about $4,500 monthly benefit when we retire. I hope inflation is not included in that because that's pretty small. But uh, what can we do to make sure we max out uh, our savings and take care of ourselves with that $400 per month after the Roth contributions? Thanks. Thanks for the question, Tyler. Len, we're going to have you answer first so we get the bury it in your backyard answer out of the way. Uh, yeah, that was a good one there. Yeah, I might uh, you might want to try a little precious metals and protect your your wealth. Uh, and you're worried about your long term, uh, you know, inflation. You don't have to worry about stuff like that. But uh, seriously, Tyler, oh, no, I am serious. But if you want some other options, I guess you know you can do. There's things like a, a SEP, right, or a simple IRA, or a health savings account, maybe. Um, those are some options for you. I can't. Can he do a separate or a simple? Did he say he has? A, he well, has a, he would have to. He'd have to have a, a side hustle, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you can come up with some sort of. I don't know if you have a side hustle. Yes, that's what you have to do. You're 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 right, Joe. Yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't have the HSA, he should go back and listen to our episode with Scott Heiser because Scott kind of lays out very thoroughly that you want to be on one end or the other of the spectrum as people in the middle, they have to do a lot of math. But if you're on either end of the spectrum, you're either super healthy or you're not healthy at all. Like for both of those people, uh, uh, using an HSA is a clear, is a clear winner. So, uh, yeah, doc, what do you think? Well, first, Joe, I'm going to try not to be a yahoo, although I'm not exactly sure what that is, but, but I'll assure Tyler, I'm going to do my best not to be one. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the perfect time to step back. And instead of worrying about how you're going to invest your money, think a moment or two about how you're going to invest your time. It sounds like Tyler is at this crux where he's really starting to think about what will I do with my money? How am I going to invest in the future? I think it's a perfect time to ask yourself, Tyler, are you a DIYer or are you going to need some help? Because the truth of the matter is, as much as Joe and Len and Paula and I love you uh, and Tyler, of course, we do love you. We don't know you. We haven't spent a lot of time with you. We don't know what's important to you. We don't know whether you're going to have children, not have children. We don't know what kind of big things are coming up in your life. So ultimately, you're going to have to find a way to manage your money. This is a great time to decide, are you going to do it on your own or are you going to look for help? And I think once you decide that, we can get into specifics about what you could or could not invest in. And there's there's lots of possibilities. But I think that's the first and biggest question you have to tackle. Yeah, Paula? What I would say is he he started the voicemail by saying that he's uh, now newly out of debt. I would say think about any big ticket purchases that you might have to make in the next five years. Can you save for those specific items so that you reduce the likelihood that you might have to go back into debt in the future? For example, you know that at some point you'll need to replace your car. Not, maybe not next year, maybe not in the year after, but at some point, your car will either need very expensive repairs or you'll have to replace it. 
can you set aside enough money that when it comes time to replace your car, you can buy a different car in cash? Purchases like that, that, uh, you know, do one of you wear contact lenses and you might want to get LASIK? Can you start setting aside money for that? So what are some of the big ticket items that might be happening five years down the pipeline? And can you save for those specific things? It's interesting. The thing I like about that is that it it makes sure that these are the things that usually derail people. Like they're Mm -hmm. going along fine and then the car breaks down and then they have to get a new one and there goes the budget. They have to then decide what to do. I love the idea of the car fund ahead of time. Like instead of paying a monthly payment, make a monthly payment to you. Exactly. That's how I always uh, talk about it. Make a car payment to yourself. Oh, love it. Sit it in a separate account. And, uh, and, and, and you know, what's funny is that when I was a planner and we do this, people would get enough money for the car, but they got so excited. They had that money set aside. They, they wouldn't spend it. They go, no, 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 I can keep, (laughs) but, but it's funny people that don't do that, that have a car payment now always go, well, this is nickel and dime in me. So I should trade it in. Right. So this Mm. debt mentality would always continue, but so does a saving mentality. And I think part of it might be, I don't know if it's, um, if it's uh, laziness, if it's what, but we tend to keep doing the same thing we're doing. If we're saving money now, we just, nah, I don't want to go get a car. I'll keep saving. If I got mm-hmm. debt now, I'm like, oh, I already got debt. I might as well upgrade my ride. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I also like what, what, what Doc says, because to Doc's point to, to Paula, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff we don't know. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what his goals are. And until we know what his goals are, it's very difficult to say, go do this. I thought Lem was going to say, when, when he's like, there's a few things you can do, like scratch-offs or uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. You no, know, the other thing, you know, the other thing he could do is he has the mortgage. I mean, it, 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 if you're the type that wants to have your mortgage, pay, your house sure. pay off faster yeah. and you put it towards your mortgage and, you know, yeah. you're going to earn a return basically on what the rate is on your, on your mortgage right now. So yeah. that's another option. Yeah. You'd never see... I don't know. People that are wealthy pay down their debt. You know, it's never a bad option paying down your debt. Thanks for the call, Tyler. If you've got a question for us, head to uh, stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. It's super easy. Just your device, if it has a microphone, you hit the button on the site, you'll see that and it'll just record you through your microphone and you're good. Uh, That's going to do it for today. Doc, thanks for spending time with us. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. You... We'll tell everybody this now. You're going to be with us more often next year. That's my hope. We are going to have Doc on the roundtable a lot. Doc has a roundtable show of his own. And so he's going to be much, much more often here at the roundtable with us. So can't wait to hang out even more. Yeah, it's payback for asking all people all those terrible questions. I can see Paul and Len going, don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't do it seems seemed like a good idea at the time mr penzo hope you're gonna have a great holiday season my friend i uh, hope i am too i always do it's a great great time of year and uh, i love it it is fantastic what's going on at lempenzo.com here at the end of the year at the end of the decade uh-huh. I've got a piece, a kind of a thought piece. It's actually not a thought piece. It's, it's, it's actually, well, it's kind of both. It's a thought piece and a little bit irrational. Is a million dollars enough to last a lifetime? Now, at first you might say, well, of course it is. And then some of you will say, well, heck no, it isn't. Well, maybe it's something in between. It's an interesting question, and uh, we tackle it on lenpenzo.com. So stop on by. And I'm sure you tackle it in the most interesting way possible, which is every time I read your blog. <laughs> I'm like, nobody else would handle it that way. It's awesome. 
Paula. Paula's not excited about the end of the decade or happy holidays. She's excited about the fact that she's going to bed. I am so taking a nap right after this. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, before you do that, stay awake long enough to tell us what's going on at the amazing Afford Anything podcast. On the Afford Anything podcast, we have an interview with Anthony O'Neill. He is part of the Dave Ramsey team, the Ramsey Solutions crowd. Um, and he is going to talk about how to help either yourself or your kid get through college without debt. That's awesome. And Anthony O'Neill has just a little bit of energy. Just a smidgen. And Absolutely. He, and he didn't need cookie dough and wine and all that stuff either. Uh, he probably he probably has adequate sleep. <laughs> Normally, I am not a cookie dough and wine infused uh, person. but Whatever. Uh, you know. Whatever. That's <laughs> like true. all. No, no. I, I am. You know this. I'm always the sober person on the round table. It's like all those people lying <laughs> about caroling. <laughs> You're lying the about cookie dough. Million people. Right, right. That's the thing. I was wondering. I'm like, there's something off about Paula, and it's that she's got pockets full of cookie dough wherever she goes. <laughs> has them ahead of time. Doc, we didn't do this. I said, hey, we're excited. We didn't talk about what's coming up next on what's up next. Joe, you're coming up next on What's Up Next. We are doing an episode on how to reinvent yourself with the Joe Salcihai, Bobby Rebel, Julian Saunders, and Whitney Hansen. And that will be coming out uh, soon. Four people that did a lot of reinvention between us. A lot of reinventing. Yeah. I changed my name, changed my hairstyle. The hairstyle is what went away the last 10 years. Yeah, I have that same problem. Yeah, <laughs> that, that changed. All right. I'm trying to catch up with Len. That's my, that's my goal. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Sure thing, Joe. I'll tell everybody what they should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our roundtable team. Look back at the last decade and ask yourself, what did I really do well these last 10 years? What mistakes don't I want to repeat? Life's too short to not learn to focus on our strengths. Second, Want to put a rental house in your IRA? Take some advice from Dan Krizanowski. Know what you're doing so you don't disqualify your IRA. But the big lesson? Make sure Joe has the Facebook live feed off before you start caroling. For those of you who've never heard these guys croon, the term slowly dying elk might be appropriate. Just saying. Thanks to Doc G for joining us. You'll find Doc G at the Plutus Award-winning What's Up Next podcast. You'll also find him here about once a month in 2020. Glad you're with us, Doc. It's about time we got some more brainiacs like me on this show. And big thanks to Dan Krizanowski for joining us. Head to our show notes for Dan's special link for SB listeners if you decide to check him out. Paula Pant appears courtesy of AffordAnything.com and the Afford Anything podcast. Len Penzo appears courtesy of the cryptically named LenPenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if you could only know what it really smells like down here. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. 
there's no way you would take advice from these dorks. But like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Little known fact, I'm really Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and not just Joe changing his voice. You know what I miss? Did you guys ever have the M&Ms, the cherry M&Ms when they were out? About cherry? four or five. Oh, my God. Cherry? What chocolate. It was chocolate cherry M&Ms. They were limited run over the holidays. This was like five years ago. Oh, my God. They were so good. And I have been looking for the past few years. I've been looking. They haven't continued them. They've discontinued them. Cherry M&Ms. I, oh, they are so good. Look it up. Oh, my God. They're so there's good. something better than peanut M&Ms, really? It's chocolate, but it's cherry. It's like a wild cherry. Oh my god, they're deli- they, they they ran them for the holidays for a couple of years, but they've stopped like four or five years ago. I was just checking again yesterday. And nope, still not running them again. I wonder if they'll ever make pumpkin spice M and M's. Got pumpkin spice everything else. Yeah, that's like the McRib. You know, at McDonald's they have the McRib and they like have it every few years. Yep. Mm. And people love it, but it's never there like continuously. Nope. Mm. Here's the interesting thing about the McRib. Do you know the trivia on the McRib? No. What percentage of the McRib is rib meat? One percent. Zero. 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 (laughs) There is no rib meat in the McRib. It is made to look like ribs. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you're going to McDonald's on a regular and getting the McRib, you probably don't care. You don't care. (laughs) You probably don't give a just like it tastes just, good. I kept going to Taco Bell after I knew it was like only 30% beef. The rest is that something much? else. There's that much. <laughs> I think maybe it's less. I don't know. They're setting high I standards. Love it. I still love it though. Oh, yummy, mm-hmm. man. Kid me, fourth meal. <laughs> <laughs> On the twelfth day. Twelfth day, base. Wait, you guys got the twelfth day off the basement or in the basement? In the basement, but it doesn't really in matter. The and you guys should try to start at the same time. Okay, <laughs> here we go. On the twelfth day in the basement, my true love gave to me. On, On the twelfth day. day in the basement. <laughs> All right. Let's just do it this way. All right, are, are we, we going to wait a beat before we start or as soon as he points? Or when do you want to? Just, just, yeah, wait a beat. Wait a beat. Yeah. All right, here we go. You guys started at the same time, then you collapsed. Here we go. On the 12th day in the basement, my true love gave to me. 
on, on the, the 12th. 12th day. In oh the my face. God. Okay, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. And a Joe. And jo- a jo- jo- <laughs> 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 I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Because that was horrible. (laughs) That was atrocious. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.